Hey humans, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here I'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact with the internet. My name is Caitlin, and joining me... Well, I guess it's not as always anymore, because like she wasn't here last time, but... You know her, one half of the Curse Mark Ruffalo fan club, one Jessica Cogswell. I'm gonna have to work to get that as always back, huh? <laughs> yeah, you missed a, you missed a shift, bitch. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is my punishment. I, I get my title dropped. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, only, I know you just losing names left and right. Um. Oh. So. Hi, <laughs> yeah. Hi. Um. This episode is a little different because we do in another spoiler cast. Uh. This one is for the uh recently released birds of prey film that is called something else now i think um i don't know i don't know what the yeah. kids are up to these days they, they renamed it harley quinn <sighs> it was colon birds, of, birds prey. of prey yeah colon birds so it was birds of prey colon um the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn and they changed it now to harley quinn birds of prey i don't know marketing <laughs> Well, speaking was, of marketing, you might have heard some voices that are not normally on this show, and that's because we have two very special guests with us here tonight to talk, well, or today, I don't know what time you're listening to this, um, to talk about Birds of Prey. Uh, one of them is uh, Rihanna Manuel, uh, a gaming professional at... <laughs> A big gaming company that will not be mentioned. Um, hi, Ree. Uh, BGC, hey. big gaming company. Yeah, BGC yeah. Incorporated. That's that's where I work. I mean, it's, more <laughs> than a secret. No, it's not a secret, but um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about whatever the title of this movie is. <laughs> that one film with the ladies in it. Okay, and also joining us, we have uh, Kylie Chi, who is an assistant in the film industry, and uh, she works a little bit on Birds of Prey. Uh, so, Kylie, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away as far as that stuff goes, because you you know your resume better than I do. <laughs> yeah, um, I worked for the executive producer, Brian Unglis, of Birds of Prey, or one of the executive producers. Um, I wasn't his direct assistant, but it's a really, really small company, um, Clubhouse. It was like four people when we started working on that movie, and now it's like ten, so... It's a really small office. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, um, I guess, comparatively how big those would be, but that sounds very small for what you're doing. <laughs> it is. I mean, obviously, we had executive producers like uh, Sue Kroll from Warner Brothers um, also producing, and then Margot's company <laughs> also produced, but she has a pretty small company, too. I think they have like eight people. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a question then, if you don't mind me asking, what does a normal like day at work look like for you? As an assistant, um, it's all office work. So you have a bunch of projects. We don't just do Birds of Prey. We have about 65 active projects on our slate um, at a time. And we're always trying to grow that. So it's just a lot of, I don't, it's so hard to explain. There's so many aspects to it. But for Birds of Prey, we were, I guess I'll just take you like one project. So you get an idea or you have an idea. So um, Brian Uncleus is friends with Margot Robbie. Uh, they did I, Tanya together. And obviously they, Warner Brothers wanted to do the Harley Quinn show and not show movie. So 
they got on board together and we take the script, we find a writer and then we develop a script with them. They write it and then we make the deals. Then we go into all the pre-prod and the production. Um, but we kind of at the office stop at the production. Like we don't go to set except for Brian. He'll, he'll go to set, but we don't. So there's just, ugh, there's so much to talk about, but I don't want to get into all of the film stuff. I don't know. <laughs> oh, to- totally. Yeah. Just, I, I was just curious, kind of like the involvement. I don't know, but that sounds really interesting. It sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, Brian was super involved every step of the way. I don't, people don't realize how much per- producers do because you know you see the actors and you do interviews with uh directors and all of that but you never really talk to the producers because their role is to be behind the scenes but they are front they're with the project from its conception all the way through it's crazy it's really cool well thank you for sharing that yeah yeah again i've seen four movies so i don't know how anything (laughs) Um. it's very involved uh, yeah, it seems like it. Kylie, can I also ask then, since you're in the film industry, I'm sorry, I just wanted to like pick your your brain for a second. Um, what are what are some I of your all time favorite movies? Parasite. <laughs> fair, fair. God, that movie is so good. Obsessed with Parasite. Um, I don't know, man. So many. I tend to go back to for this. I hate this question. Oh, <laughs> I tend to go back to my old favorites, which would be like Kung Fu Hustle and Lego oh Batman and. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle is so good. Kung Fu Hustle is my favorite. I'm trying to write a Kung Fu movie right now with lesbians. So Hell yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I know. I really hope it goes somewhere. But um and then growing up, you know, like Lord of the Rings and uh Clerks too. I know. I like everything though. Nice. Hey, what are you some of your favorite movies? I feel like I, I want to know your taste too. <laughs> um, well, Kung Fu Hustle is definitely up there. That's yeah. a really good pick. Um, my ultimate favorite movie is probably like The Fifth Element. Nice. And Ooh, okay. my, I have weird favorite movies. My favorite movies are movies I like to rewatch. Maybe not necessarily the best movies ever made. So The Mummy is one that yeah. I will watch pretty much any time. The Mummy. It's on. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> like John Tucker Must Die. Like they're just things that I enjoy. I I love that. The Mummy is so good. Like the Mummy, uh, Van Helsing. (laughs) (laughs) Like not not amazing. I don't know. The Mummy. I could. I you could maybe argue is actually. I think the Mummy is like actually a good movie. But uh, we should watch the Scorpion King because that movie. So Birds of Prey. I want to appreciate my taste for sequels. <laughs> I want to know the four movies that you know or have watched. Uh, it's Birds of Prey, and then it's B movie three times. Um, <laughs> that movie is a nightmare. It's a nightmare that's not, movie. That's not true. I've seen I've seen more movies than that. I'm just like I'm not a huge movie person. I usually only to watch a movie. Like it's not usually my go to like media to consume. Um, Because I don't really have the attention span unless someone else is like, all right, we're going to sit down and watch a movie. Um, But I am obsessed with the B-movie because it is the strangest film I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Um, And I love Reba the Genetic Opera because it's my exact brand of bullshit. 
Um, what other movies do I like? Fuck. Uh, I like Jordan Peele's horror films are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually mostly what I watch. If I watch movies, I mostly watch horror movies. Um, so Creep is fucking good. Good horror. Jess, what about you? What movies do you like? What movies do I? Uh, I'm I'm dumb. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I watch a lot of uh, like romantic movies. I really like. No, okay, that shocker! Thing, Everyone know, in the audience completely stunned. I know. It's like ugh, I'm so lame. I'm so lame. I was trying to do that whole like uh, your ten favorite movies thing that was going around on Twitter, and I started a list. So I guess I'll just kind of go with like a few of those, like. Moulin Rouge was one of the first things on the list. Yes. I like that uh, movie. I love movie. Moulin Rouge. That movie, oh, so good. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, also one of my all-time faves. Mm. Um, uh, the Princess Bride. Yes. Ooh, yes. That's a good one. Those are, yeah, those are those are some of them. I would totally put stuff like The Mummy. Oh, nineteen eighty nine Batman. That's an ultimate comfort movie. I watched oh, that movie of it is. way too much. Oh, you know what else is a good movie? Just gonna scream. Mulan two is a good movie. Um, <laughs> if it's a Disney sequel, Caitlin likes it. So it's true. <laughs> I love them. I think that they're just they're just pure joy. Just like in a film and I don't have to pay attention or think I can just be happy. Oh, that's no, good. That's a good that's a good sound. <laughs> Do you know what movie is what, what? also pure joy on film? Is it Birds of In Prey? Film. Yeah, Birds of Prey. <laughs> that's a transition. A really rough Look one, but that's you. a transition. You a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, professional. All right, sweet. So before we get into the actual summary of the film, uh Let's just do a quick go go around of kind of where everybody's at as far as like superhero movies and like DC movies and kind of that universe in general. And like, I guess just, you know, if you're if you were ever into comics or still into comics, that kind of thing. Uh, Kylie, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so was obsessed with the Nolan Batmans, which I know is kind of lame to say, but it's a film thing. I don't know. Um, I was never really into comic books. I was, this is not the same thing, obviously, but I was just really into anime, Um, but never really comic books or DC or Marvel. I just enjoy watching superhero movies. I think they're fun. They, their structure is always super solid. It's, I don't know. I just never, I'm not obsessed with them, but obviously I am obsessed with Birds of Prey because it's perfect. (laughs) <laughs> fair and i'm I'm not fair. biased at all <laughs> no no bias here this is a this is a show full of journalistic integrity um <laughs> Rhi, what about you i did not come up reading comics most of my cousins did so i always got the story secondhand and the movie started coming out and i was immediately obsessed with them so all the way back in the original Batman movie days with like bat nips and poison ivies <laughs> and with Thurman and all that. <laughs> that was my first jam. Uh, the Nolan movies I liked, but didn't really hit the same way. I really like the campy versions of these movies and um, huge Marvel movie fan. Uh, if you haven't caught the snap podcast, maybe scroll back in your timeline and find that one. But it's on the, the same website as this now. <laughs> you could just go there. 
perfect. Um, but yeah, the DC ones have not really hit the same for me. I enjoyed Wonder Woman, Justice League. I saw most of it, slept through some of it. But um, this one I liked. So I'm really excited to talk about it and, and have more positive things to say today. Hell yeah. And I mean, I already know, and I think most of our like audience kind of already knows, but Jess, what about you? Uh, so, okay, as a child, I didn't grow up necessarily reading comics, but I think as soon as I was like preteen to like teenager, I was reading comics quite a bit. Um, I really like DC. I really like Batman. Uh, that's kind of more, I like, I feel like my husband, Andrew, he was always more Marvel and I'm very much DC. And that was kind of like, I don't know. Like that, I, that's just our personalities. That's the, I've I've always been super into DC and Vertigo and Dark Horse and all of those kind of publishers. Um, so I thought you were going to say it was the impetus for your divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. I was just like, he, he's a Marvel. For, yeah, I mean that's it's it's going to be our downfall for sure. <laughs> um, but and even like I guess I bring that up because even in movies now i feel like i tend to like i really want to like what dc's doing like i really really want to um i mean i loved harley quinn but um and i let's see i did not really care for aquaman i didn't really care for shazam (laughs) those are like the last ones that i saw um you know i thought man of steel was all right i thought wonder woman was pretty good i liked wonder woman um i think that recent i don't even know if it's recently it's like barely recently uh the spider-man trilogy with toby mcguire <laughs> yeah. probably, probably yeah. my favorite um oh that's I'll- another movie i like spider-man 3 oh god i i the first two spider-man movies are really good <laughs> mm-hmm. spider-man 3 is fun fuck you <laughs> i it is a fine film <laughs> Um, I just yeah, like things no, I, to be fun and chaotic. Let me live. <laughs> uh, the, I like the Nolan uh, Batman movies too. I, I don't think as much as a lot of people, but I still do like them. I, I think Batman Begins is actually my favorite, which is kind of like a weird pick, I feel like. No, that's I don't the best know. one. Oh, okay. I See, I think it's the best one too, but <laughs> usually people are like, but the Dark Knight. And I'm like, I don't know. I really love Batman Begins and I really love Scarecrow as a villain, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Batman Begins is great. It's just overshadowed because Heath Ledger's performance is so fucking amazing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. True, true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I I'm a big DC fan. I if for Harley Quinn uh, specifically, I never um got super into the Harley Quinn comics, but I did read the New Fifty Two uh line for a while, which I feel like is where like there were so many references to the New Fifty Two like series in birds of prey that were like really cool like the roller derby uh yeah we can can talk about the we we can talk about the connection between the new two and the movies because i have a lot to say about that um in relation to this and suicide squad but yes what hundo yeah there there was a lot um and that was really cool as somebody who has been kind of a comics fan on and off yeah that's that's my whole thing i guess (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess for me, I did grow up reading comics, um, and I, I grew up reading mostly Marvel comics, but I watched mostly DC cartoons, so I watched, like, a lot of Batman the Animated Series and, like, Batman Begins and stuff. Um, Oh, yeah, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond, yeah. 
bring that back. Honestly. Um, and then, I don't know. His last name was McGinnis, so I feel like um, no. But he could, have, <laughs> he could be biracial. He could be biracial. I don't know. Did we ever see his parents? I don't remember, but in my mind, I don't either. Sure. Um, he Batman Begin or Batman Beyond. Somebody make that. Um, but and I've always been super obsessed with like the uh like the villain side of Batman. Like I I am a, a known uh, poison ivy respecter. Um, is probably a light way of putting that. <laughs> um, very light, very light. Yeah, I'm trying to be charitable to myself. Um, and to like when I got when I was in college, my roommates were pretty into comics, so I kind of got back into it, and that's when I got into like the New Fifty Two stuff. Um, which then was really disappointing because the rules and they had the perfect setup to do that for Suicide Squad and then they didn't. Um so that was a bummer. But yeah, I've always I've always been a fan of the Batman villains and stuff. Um I used to think that Marvel was more my shit, but that has changed as I've gotten older. Um and like Marvel movies are okay. They're I didn't even like think of Marvel movies. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're they're very like some of them are fantastic in my opinion, and then others are like I don't I don't think that there's like any Marvel movie where I'm straight up like oh this is like a really bad movie like I'll watch any of them and be fine with Thor it. the Dark World is a bad movie I'll still Ooh. watch it <laughs> I'll still watch it oh but, my god um, there are some you don't get like, to judge me for my movie picks <laughs> ever again mostly I'll watch it because I have a crush on Tom Hiddleston but <laughs> you would just look at him on the internet you don't have to suffer you don't have Google. <laughs> I like suffering for him. It, it proves my dedication and love, right? I hate you. I know. Jeez. <laughs> this, is the, this is the burden of being bisexual, Caitlin. I think this is the burden of still needing <laughs> intensive therapy. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But, um, yeah, God, Marvel movies. I didn't even think about those. Um, I'm not the biggest Marvel pr- movies person. Um, I think they're okay, but I'm not, they're not, they don't, they don't scratch that itch in my brain quite the same way. Um, but yeah, so, so but, that's kind of, what? You, you know what superhero movie was really good? Hmm. And I feel like people were super into it for like a day and then it went away is Logan. Ooh. Mm, I always kind of forget that that counts as like a Marvel exactly, movie. Exactly. Because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Like, what have I been into with Marvel? X-Men. Always X-Men. But I think X-Men is also like the darkest thing that Marvel does. Well, and um, X-Men hasn't been Marvel for a long time. Well, it's owned, but like the comics are still Marvel. Yeah, no, but I just mean, I always forget that Logan is like a Marvel movie because these haven't been Marvel. Yeah, I guess that's, well, Logan wasn't Fox. It was Marvel. Oh. Uh, either way, uh, Logan was actually a very good movie, and I think that the X Men movies overall are actually pretty good too. The new ones are not. Um, I haven't <laughs> seen the newest ones, but the new ones are bad. Like, would I let new Psylocke crush my head? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Other than that, trash films. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I uh I watched I remember rewatching X Men though like the first one a lot when I was younger. Um, what's her face as Mystique? Um, definitely, definitely. Oh, Rebecca Romaine. Yes, yeah. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, yep. Queen. <laughs> the queen. The blue queen. Man, I've had a tight for a long time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess then, uh, now that we've kind of gone over our history with uh, cape films, <laughs> do we want to talk a little bit about Birds of Prey? Did you just call them cape films? I did. I called them cape films. I don't know. I, I, I like I that. I don't know. <laughs> cape it's Oh, like they wear capes. Cape. I thought I meant because they're capers. I was like, no, they're not. Okay. No, cape flicks. I don't know. That's my friend Taylor calls them that. That's like her her, her word for all of the superhero movies. That's cute. She's talking That's about so how uh, Robert Pattinson was going to make her see a cape flick the other day. <laughs> this is what oh. brought that up. It was in my head. Yeah, so do we want to do, like, a quick, like, spoiler-free kind of rundown of the film before we get into the 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 juicy shit? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, oh. The movie what? opens up with that animated, like, I, I just an animated opening, and it's fantastic. It was such a great way to set the tone, and I loved it. Yeah, that animation rules. Like, it goes through the whole, like, story of... It kind of, like, catches you up if you missed, like, the events of Suicide Squad, which, like, if you missed the events of Suicide Squad, good for you. Um, <laughs> you deserve it. Um, Robbie killed it in Suicide Squad, though. No, the, the worst thing about the DC films is that they have such killer casting and such just awful everything else. Um... It's just, it's disgusting. But anyway, um, so yeah, there's the animation that kind of sets up, like, what happened in Suicide Squad to a degree, like, as far as Harley and the Joker breaking up and why she's on her own um, and kind of what she's doing. And then we get kind of a rundown on, like, her life um, now as an independent woman. Um, And then she drunk at a bar. Uh, That scene is so good, too. Jess, every scene of this movie is good. That's a spoiler. The movie good. The Doja Cat music, though, and just like the blocking in that scene is fantastic. (laughs) Shout out to Doja Cat. That was a great, great song. Um, Yeah, it is. That whole that soundtrack is fantastic. Honestly, really good soundtrack. Uh, I've listened to it a few times. Um, okay, yeah, and then after the bar, I mean, because at the bar we kind of learn that uh, she has not told everybody about the breakup yet because she is using the perks of being Joker's girl to kind of uh, evade all the people who might be upset with her if they knew that she was vulnerable. <laughs> Which is many. Which is many. We we find out many people. <laughs> uh, she hasn't always been the nicest of girls. It also does a really good job of establishing, like, who the other character is going to be, like, pretty much right off the bat. Like, that scene, you you see, do you see Huntress the first time they go through that scene, or is it after that? Which scene? The bar scene where she, like, is, because I know they show that Huntress was there that same night, but I can't remember. That's, I, I think that's think a later reveal. I don't think that she's in the initial scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but they show like they show Black Canary. They show uh, what's his face, Black Mask. They show Zaz. 
Um, fucking sass. Fucking sass. I love him. <laughs> I liked this take on him. It was very good. Um, Me too. It was, yeah. You know it, that whole, like, gay subtext? Yes. Yeah. No, that, that was not in the script at all. That was just their choice to play it that way. And we're like... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. We're all like, do, do we like what they're doing? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so good. I love uh, Andy McGregor. That's incredible. Um, um, but yeah, so basically, um, I guess the TLDR of the movie is... Harley decides that she's going to show the world that she's a liberated woman by blowing up the Ace Chemical Plant, where she had her uh, weird, creepy bonding experience with the Joker. And then everybody in Gotham knows that she's not with the Joker anymore. So everybody who hates her starts coming after her, and including Ian, Ewan McGregor's character, uh, Black Mask. Uh, and she has to make a deal with him to go retrieve a diamond that has been lost. And there are shenanigans afoot from there. Kind of has ties to Diamond or uh, people, other people who are involved in it. So it, it just ends up roping a lot of people into this, I don't know, adventure, journey, whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a really good time. <laughs> it is a whole lot it's of fun. So fun. Um, huh. Did we want to go into scenes more specifically than that, or did we want to? I I think this is the part of the show where it's going to get spoilery. Okay. Um, so we're right. Allowed I to... think I think we're at that point. Yeah, All it's right. it's hard to talk about it without giving more away. Yeah. So okay, right. we'll jump into spoilers then. Uh, you know what my favorite part about this movie was? Hmm. <laughs> Not not really my favorite part, but this is just something that was amusing. Is um, Andrew did not realize that it was rated M or not rated M? Wow, see that's what happens when we work at a game <laughs> store. <laughs> rated R, <laughs> and we got to the point. This is kind of earlier on in the movie where Roman Sionis Black Mask is uh, instructing Zaz to cut people's faces off. <laughs> and then they, they, he does that on and screen. He does that on, and Andrew looked over at me and was like, "Oh." <laughs> And he was not expecting it at all. Um, and <laughs> that was that was fun. That was a fun moment. I wanted to bring that up as soon as we got to the spoilery part. <laughs> um, so the movie's rated R. <laughs> yeah. It um, sure is. Uh, it's not bubble. Oh my god, the snot bubble. I forgot about that. That was so good too. <laughs> Honestly, uh, <laughs> Really, Roman Sionis's character, Black, like, just so good. Like, he was over the top and ridiculous the entire time. But not, like, necessarily in, like, this, like, zany, campy sort of way. But just, like, I don't know. How how would you He's like a fucking serial killer. He's like a fucking serial killer. Like, he's literally, like, if you listen to a true crime podcast, it is that man. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. They, they, he uh, was written really well, and and even McGregor killed it. I really loved that. Yeah, I think this movie was really strong. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but in part because like they did the similar like what we've talked about with Telltale's Batman stuff of like taking the characters and like putting an interesting 
like read on them that's not quite like a copy paste of who they were in the comics but like still captures that essence while being interesting and modern um and like i think all of the characters completely nail that and i think you kind of have to especially with like batman movies anymore because while i do think that batman has like the best rogue galaxy or not galaxy oh my god once again that's a game (laughs) jess you got gamer brain i'm gonna have to put you down (laughs) old yeller me uh no rogue gallery there we go that's what i'm trying to say not rogue galaxy which is a game um rogue gallery uh so many of i don't know i feel like you kind of there's there's that like pull towards using more established classic characters but you can't keep doing them the same way so you have to have that sort of interesting twist on them which is why i think uh like the Telltale Batman series um, and even like Gotham on TV. Like, I think that's why they did so mm-hmm. well is because they broke those characters down and took fundamental parts, but like changed their backstory or changed like, I don't know, like these like established canon ideas of how they are. And it's really interesting. And I think that uh, Birds of Prey, especially with Zaz, like cause Zaz is, it, it'd be so easy to just make him an edgelord. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, or to make him like he was in the Arkham games where he's just like a dude with shirt like licking a knife um Um. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i felt like the the zaz that we saw in birds of prey was a different take and i I always forget the guy's name who plays him but he's he's the guy in the mindy project too. (laughs) yeah he's danny (laughs) i could not not see him as the mindy project character (laughs) as soon as i saw like a close-up of his face i was like oh shit that's danny yeah (laughs) it it threw me um but he's like he's so different looking though in birds of prey with like the lighter hair and stuff like it took me a second but once i saw it i was like oh shit (laughs) yeah i mean he definitely differentiated himself with the mannerisms that he made for this character this yeah uh, i guess unexpected portrayal so after a while i did see zaz but it took me a couple scenes yeah yeah Hopefully, differentiate himself. It'd be pretty weird if uh, Mindy Kaling was uh, dating that guy in her TV show. <laughs> um, but that just turned that show into a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I don't kind of. I, I guess I just kind of jumped into the villains, but I actually really like the villains in this movie. Um, I, <sighs> you know, what scene was okay. This scene was like disturbing but in a way that's so different than a lot of disturbing scenes like with women in them uh are in movies was the scene in the club Mm -hmm. where uh the girl is laughing and roman has her stand on the table and you know like oh that whole thing was just like oof, that was a rough scene but it didn't feel um exploitive i guess in a way that like that could have easily like been I think the nice thing about, like, the framing of this movie is I think there's, like, a heavy framing of, like, I don't want to say this in a reductive way, but there does feel like a like a guys versus girls thing, but I think they take that and do a really good job of showing, like, these are shitty men who are leaning into this, like, toxic bullshit, and, like, that makes them gross and bad. Like, I think that Roman is very charismatic and, like, a good character, but I don't see him being like a rick or like a tyler durden where people are or even like a joker where people are like identifying with him like i think it's a very apparent that he's like 
shitty and bad across the board. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it is a female-led movie and it's also female-led behind the camera. So Kathy Ann, instead of a male gaze, you have it coming from a place of someone who knows this shit. Like, so it's not overtly men versus women, but it's more just like, oh yeah, like this is how this moment would actually feel mm-hmm. to a person, like a woman happening to it. Yeah, it's horrifying. That. And you can tell that it's meant to be and it's quite effective. Yeah, I think especially the scene like where he's rallying all the dudes outside of the um the booby trap and he gives that whole speech about like these women are bitches and like I've I've kept you safe and I've done everything for you and you're the men of Gotham. I was like, damn, this is ex- this is like it's a little over the top, but it's like very resonant. I feel like of like what's happening to the point where I was like this should be cheesy, but like it's not. Mm-hmm. That was the one the corn it wasn't super corny but it was the one kind of corny moment for me i was like "Eh, you were doing good before (laughs) it's like it's a little bit too on the nose i think um but i was like you know but roman probably would say this because he's just that guy oh you know what else i like because and that's i'm really glad that you brought that up caitlin about like so often we're given like these bad guys that in order to make them I don't know, more compelling. I think people want them to be almost, I don't want to say morally ambiguous because they're not morally ambiguous. They do like really shitty, horrible things, but like they're still sympathetic that way. Yeah. They're sympathetic. That's yeah. Uh, yeah that's the best way to put it. It's like, like Joker, like the sympathetic villain. Like you kind of like, well, maybe he has a point with Roman. It's like they had, he was just an asshole. Like he was an asshole. He's he just a, a rich brat. Like and like even when he's talking about the shrunken heads, he's like, "Ooh, it's like a thousand years old, and now it's just in my room." (laughs) 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 Love that, but it's like I think that's another thing that's cool about this movie too is like, um, since I'm such a villain bitch, I think about this shit all the time, and like people really, really want like an excuse to not feel bad about liking bad guys. But, like, that's kind of the fun of media is that, like, you can like shitty people and not, like, necessarily be a shitty person. Um, and I don't think that Birds of Prey backs away from that. Like, Huntress is a serial killer. <laughs> and, like, Harley is not a good person. I was gonna say, like, let's not forget Harley Quinn is a villain film. It's supposed to be, like, Deadpool. Uh, like, she's not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I adore her. I think she's great. I like her journey. But, like, yeah, she's a shit person. She also kills a lot of people and, like, tries to sell a child. Um, (laughs) And I think that's good. I think it's cool because that movie still ruled and I was still cheering for her, even though she's, like, not a good person. Yeah, well, and it's like... I don't know what I was going to say there. Somebody else say something. I, I, ha- I had a point and then I was like, no, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> it's, it's been a long day for me. Fair. It's been a long um, 2020. Yeah, God, right? It's February. Uh, um, yeah. But, well, and I like, I like too that this is like a villain movie in that sense is Deadpool but that like I like that it's not as like Mimi's not the right word but like I like that it's not and I know that Deadpool is very like breaking the fourth wall like making jokes about chalupas or whatever but 
I dug that this was not that. Yeah, I really like the tone of it as well. And I guess uh, Kylie can ruin my dreams if I'm far off base here. But <laughs> when I saw the <laughs> I actually assumed that it wasn't a really reliable narrator, that Harley was giving us her version of what's happening throughout those events. And like we're seeing it colored through her lens and maybe not necessarily through one that's grounded in reality since she is a little wackadoo. And mm -hmm. that actually made it more enjoyable know. for me. Yeah, no, that's totally that all. I mean, that explains hey. the, or goes into the whole spastic nature of the structure. It's like obviously not a linear story. It jumps all <laughs> over the place. You're like, she gets captured by a uh, black mask and suddenly she's walking straight into a police station and your brain just like shuts down. It's like, why? But oh, wait, I don't care. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot of people kind of like rag on the structure of the movie, especially the front half. Um, and I don't agree. I think the movie's paced really well. I like that it's like a storytelling kind of setup. Like I like it reminds me of uh because I'm a nerd, it reminds me of the Dragon Age 2 narrative device of like you play through different parts of the game and then it cuts to a scene of Varric who's like your storyteller friend getting the shit kicked out of him by this lady who's questioning him and telling him to tell the story right and to not lie and stuff. Um and it feels a lot like that, which I think is really cool, especially because, like, I want to see who she's telling the story to. Um, I think that's a really cool setup for, like, whatever's next. Um, and I think Read Your Read, I think, is supported by, like, in the beginning when she's talking about the breakup or whatever. And she's like, Mr. J was broken up. And it's like, it cuts to this, this like, smash cuts <laughs> to her, like, slamming on the door crying. Um, so I think we're definitely getting like Harley's lens on it, and I think that's very cool. Yeah, I would say one absolute truth is the feeling that you have when you drop your breakfast sandwich. That was so real. <laughs> like honestly, I was emotional <laughs> when I fell in slow motion because it's happened and it's horrible. Where he's just crying in the club. It's really frustrating. <laughs> I think one of the things that that movie did too talking about like the overall tone of it uh was okay so there's like this tendency it wasn't Mimi like deadpool and it didn't do something else that's happening right now that drives me crazy and we saw in avengers endgame where it made the whole thing uh i don't okay so that the she's not alone thing in Avengers Endgame. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's it's just like woman power. It mm -hmm. it didn't have that feel to it the oh, whole time. Yeah. It, no, where it's just literally all the ladies show up. Just all the ladies in a line. Like, yes, this film has women in it and they are powerful. <laughs> Watch what they can do. Like it never felt like that. It it just felt like a very like natural story with women in it. It didn't feel, I don't know. Because mm -hmm. it was about it was about women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I don't know that that was just one thing. Because I like, I remember when Andrew and I were um, getting ready to go see it. Like we were talking about like oh I hope it's not you know like Deadpooly. I hope it's not you know. Like, and that's the thing is like there are a lot of these movies that almost feel like they're pandering to women because of how they treat their women. And like Birds of Prey does not feel like that to me. It feels like. Like I could, I could tell there were women behind the camera. I could tell that there were women involved with the project. I was like, oh, because like I, I can feel this. Like I, I relate. I get this experience, but it doesn't feel like somebody is just handing it to me and like here, I, I think you'll like this. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, like, it just comes down to, like, what we always rail about, right, of, like, there's a difference between representation as in, like, slapping a woman or a person of color or a queer person or whatever on a screen and calling it good and actually having, like, people who understand those identities, like, writing them and crafting them and portraying them, you know, and, like, actually making them be people as opposed to just, like, a stereotype walking around in a shirt, you know? And I don't want to, like, make it sound like we're sitting here arguing, like, representation just for representation is better. You, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, that shitty argument you hear people say, that's not what we're saying. But it's just, like, you can tell, I think especially, like, women, people of color, like, it, it you can tell when, like, something is done for you and when something is done by people like you. You know what I yeah. mean? And, like, there's mm-hmm. there's that difference. Um, like, when he reaches in her pocket and he pulls out a tampon. Like, that is... That's for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 And it's not even just the directors and the writer, Christina Hodson, who is amazing. But um, Brian actually does this for all of his films. And, like, obviously, Margot's for it, too. But um, they really insist on like at least 50 percent uh female crew members too if not higher i think for atanya they had like 60 and like all department heads were women that was awesome awesome. amazing that's super cool to hear really hard to do it's weird because it's just they haven't hollywood as a collective hasn't grown that talent so in as a producer you have lists upon lists of upon lists of like all the best um editors for this type of movie all of us writers for this type of movie and like so forth for every department head and because we haven't grown that talent as an industry the women on the list list are very uh minimal but so it takes a lot of effort to go by them but it's they do it (laughs) and it's really cool i'm really proud of them i love them it's great that they put energy into that yeah more 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 places should do that maybe Hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Games industry. Um, and movie okay. industry too. Yeah. Apparently. Cough cough. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what other stuff. Like can we talk about Black Canary? Because Journey <laughs> Yes. Could ruin my life. Um I would let I would pay her to ruin my life. <laughs> um but all of them were so good. Like, I, I know other criticism of the movie has been that, like, a lot of the side characters, like, got less time because it is, like, a Harley movie. But, like, I think with, like, what they had, they did a really good job of showing, like, who everybody was. Like, I feel like you do have a strong sense of those characters, even if you didn't get, like, an individual origin story for all of them. Yeah, and, like, that was something else that somebody asked me, too. Like, I, I was talking to a friend, and I told him, like, oh, Birds of Prey was really, really good. And, like, the first thing they said after that was, or they asked me, they were like, does it do that thing that DC is doing where they just, like, throw a bunch of characters in there without, like, introducing them and you feel lost the whole time? Because like, I don't recognize a lot of people in the trailer. <laughs> and I was like, no, they do not do that. I'm like, yeah, there are new characters, but they don't feel like... This it's not like this movie isn't like part of a cinematic universe and that it's like it just feels like a brick in that wall. You know what I mean? Like it's very complete in and of itself. And all of the characters are introduced. I feel like they have enough uh screen time and enough like there to like 
you you get them. You don't need something more. You don't feel like you're lost and like struggling and trying to figure out like how they fit into everything. Like everything was there for you. Yeah, I um Yeah, this I kept like the entire time, like the entire 24 hours after I saw it. It was just like this is what Suicide Squad should have been. Like everything yeah. about the layout of this and like the character introductions and the structure, like everything about this should have been what Suicide Squad was. Um let Kathy Yen direct Suicide Squad 2. Um, oh, she didn't. Oh, you wish no, she I'm did. saying she okay. should. She should. I'm <laughs> saying let her. Isn't I was like, don't squad. put that on her. <laughs> no, I'm her. saying I want her to direct the sequel. Please. Okay. I think please James, give it to her. James Gunn is doing it, isn't he? I don't care. <laughs> I, remember, I, think James, I think James Gunn is on it. Might be awesome. I actually don't know. Yeah, I mean, I he's an interesting fellow. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it'll be better uh, for sure. I don't even who was the director of Suicide Squad. Guess Air. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, I'm just saying. I feel like Kathy Yan like totally captured that energy so well, and I wish that she had done the first Suicide Squad movie. I think that she should do the next one. I realize that that's not going to happen because they already have fucking James Gunn, but. At next Birds of Prey movie. I'd be down for that. So, okay. So question. And I don't know. I don't know if Kylie has like insider knowledge on this or not, but do we think there's going to be like a fork where there's like Harley movies and Birds of Prey movies? Or is it like, are they going to fold it together again? Like, what do we think is going to happen? Oh, girl, that's all dependent on how much money it makes. <laughs> and it's not, yeah. like, honestly, that's just... That's fair. That's the fair answer. Out. Yeah, and it's not looking great right now. It's actually, for some reason, not doing well in the box office, which really, really sucks. Yeah, so that's getting such pretty. Sense. Yeah, it's getting good reviews, comparatively. It's <laughs> fucking good. Um, okay, so let me rephrase that. What would we like to see happen? I'd love to see to another movie. I really like the moments that we had between um, the different heroines, I guess heroines, anti-heroes, whatever <laughs> we want to call them <laughs> on the spectrum of morality. Um, like the scenes between, uh, I'm going to say Rosie and um, Black Canary. Rosie Perez is just always Rosie Perez. Like she's forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, scenes between uh, the the detective and Black Canary where, you know, they they both have her mother in common or, even at the very end when um, Black Canary finally acknowledges the fact that Huntress has a crossbow and not an arrow. And she says, thank you. Thank you. Like she's genuinely (laughs) grateful that somebody finally got the name of her weapon. Right. Like there's just cute little moments between them that I like to see much more. I agree. Do you want to see Harley? Do you want to see Harley in it again? I don't know how they could do it without Harley, but I would, I would be good either way, honestly. They would have hey, to I want- do it with Harley. Either that or find someone bigger to... Because they need someone to open the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to throw in a side note here when you're talking about like Helena or Huntress and her crossbow. Uh, I loved how awkward she was. Mm-hmm. It was so good. <laughs> it was so, so good. Because like, you have to think about it. Do like, you know nobody- who I am? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's like you have someone who's really maladjusted, like Batman, but who still is like charismatic, and you know, people. I like. I feel like he comes across well at least most of the time. At least you know he can like put on that mask, and he has that sort of uh, ha, put on that mask. <laughs> I meant like the Bruce Wayne mask there, but um, like he can he is still a public figure, and then you have like Helena, who essentially has like a very similar origin. Um, yeah. but it's just like super fucked up <laughs> and it's just kind of awkward and like really, I don't know. They're both obsessed by that, that drive for revenge, but go about it in such different ways. So it almost actually be really cool to see Huntress and Batman in a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be, like it'd be interesting to have Batman get in there. Also, um, the little girl in that movie becomes Batgirl, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I would not be upset if I never saw Batman in the DC universe ever again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Cassandra, Cassandra Kane is uh, one of the backgrounds. Yeah. Um, I would love for them to not do that, honestly. (laughs) Um, I like the different takes, as I've said multiple times. Um, also, it's just, I mean, obviously they're doing, you know, Bat-Pat, so like, I know he's going to be a thing, but like, I just think it's so much more interesting when they let the other characters run around. Cause he just like chews scenery constantly just like as a character. Um, also I think most portrayals of him are very boring. So I would love to see them do more side shit, but obviously that's not going to happen because they've botched all their side shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I want to see. I want to see. I know that I've heard rumblings that this is what they would like to do if they get the chance. But I really, really want a Harley and Ivy movie because I deserve it. Who's your Who's your ideal Ivy? I don't know because I don't like the Uma Thurman Poison Ivy. I think that it's bad. Um, I think Poison Ivy is like one of the main villains who's never gotten like a really good live action adaptation um hmm. just playing catwoman in the new batman movie i remember it was somebody cool isn't it zoe kravitz or zoe saldana one of them one of the zoe's i'd take either one am i wrong right now because i remember being like oh that's an interesting take yeah google it i oh, swear to god it's, it's one yeah. of it's one of them, I think. It's Zoe Kravitz. That's a really cool choice. Yeah. So She's going to be dope. Um, um, I'm trying to think of who I would want as Poison Ivy. I don't know. No, actually. I want to see Lupita Nyong'o do it, actually. I think that would be a very cool Because she has phenomenal range. I like thought you were going to say the redheaded girl from Riverdale. I was just, like, bracing myself for it. No, I don't <laughs> think that she... I. I, I am a Cheryl Blossom stan, but I think I Cheryl you are. needs to stay Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> that girl could just never go on to any other acting job, just Cheryl Blossom. No, she's only Cheryl Blossom. None of those people can ever do anything else ever again. <laughs> um, What's her fair, face was good in Hustlers? Fair. I haven't seen Hustlers. Oh. Okay. It just fucks, it fucks me up whenever I see. Um, the girl who put—I can't remember her name—the girl who plays Veronica. Whenever she's in anything else, I like 
have to sit there and stare at it for a second and uh, like fix my brain. Yes. I love her, but she, I, I can't see her as anything else. It's it, My brain's just fucked now forever. Um, but yeah, I think Lupita would be a cool pull just to do something totally different with that character. Um, if we're going with like a traditional white lady poison ivy, I don't know. Um, I kind of want to see someone fiance. new, I guess. Yeah, it should be my fiance. That's fair. I I don't know. I don't know your fiance, but I believe in your casting choices. Um, Amazing. She and yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's Katie cool. O'Brien. Oh, that's okay. Awesome. Well, that's my pick then. <laughs> Katie O'Brien Sorry. from Poison Ivy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. That's it. That's the campaign. Hashtag it. Um, no, she should really be She Hulk though, because she is like so fucking strong (laughs) that's fair okay that's fair um adorable i love that i love coming on here and advocating for her i I mean she's doing fine on her own she doesn't need me but (laughs) (laughs) is there anything yeah but like um i don't know uh a lot of stuff i can't talk about because it's not out yet that you definitely know but um Z Nation, she was a series regular on. It was like a sci-fi show, and then she's currently in Black Lightning, which is oh hey, DC. Oh, oh. That's awesome. So she can't be on anything else. Oh fuck. Oh. <laughs> no, they, they reuse them all the time. You're getting more strict about it. Like if you're on Black Lightning, you can't be on Doom Control. Because like it's in the same universe. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, who I feel like there was somebody who was like it, it's not like Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he's Deadpool and he was in Green, like Green Lantern. But like, there was somebody Chris who uh, double dipped. I can't. Well, remember. what's his face? Chris Evans was the oh. Fantastic Four guy. Johnny. Yeah, Storm. Chris Evans was the what? Human Torch. Oh that was God. his first. That was his first movie as a superhero. I think. It wasn't his first movie? I don't think. But it his was first movie early. ever was Fantastic. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you started your career in the Fantastic Four? <laughs> Starring Jessica Alba. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um Yeah. Um I totally was like, oh, we were talking about fan casting. Um yeah. Was there stuff about the movie that y'all like were less keen on? I didn't quite understand the placement of the Diamonds Are Girls Best Friend moments yeah confusing that scene okay so what's funny is let's go back to the very beginning of this podcast in which i said my favorite movie is moulin rouge uh (laughs) that threw me so hard because i was just like holy shit are they just is this just moulin rouge even mcgregor is here everything is lining up is this just moulin rouge (laughs) (laughs) because like happened it was just so so weird like okay so i guess kylie was that supposed to be like an homage to that or like like what was that it's an homage to uh marilyn monroe's diamonds are girl's best friend Uh, and it wasn't supposed to okay so at first the movie was linear (laughs) and that really don't work and so they you know mixed it up a bunch and that was its own standalone 
moment where you actually see like this whole on dance sequence of it, but then it got cut up into that, which worked out. And yeah. And like, I knew it was obviously the Marilyn Monroe, but I guess like, the, like even the, like the lighting and just like the camera work almost seemed very like Bosler many. <laughs> so like, that's what threw me. Yeah. I was like, this is interesting. I don't know like what's going on here, but I, yeah, I liked it. It was just different. I thought it was fun, but I agree that, yeah, it felt kind of out of place <laughs> in regards to everything else. I was kind of like, what is happening? Um, but I thought it was fun. Yeah, I saw a cut without it, and it, it works fine without it, but I think that just the footage was, it was just such a big set piece that they were like, we're going <laughs> to use it, like, put it in there. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> were there uh, any, like, parts that were cut that you're allowed to talk about that you're really bummed didn't make it, Kylie? Um, there's one that was cut that I'm not bummed didn't make, and I actually think it's good that it didn't, so originally um i don't remember anyone's names so i'm just gonna use their actual names um ali wong and rosie perez were dating like currently dating in the in the original version um and you the first time you see them together they are like you know waking up together like talking about the case in bed blah 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 and then like they break up later in the film um and they cut that i think a lot for just pacing and time and stuff and I think it actually worked out way better because it felt a little bit going back to what we were talking about before it felt a little bit um I don't like it was not intentionally pandering but it felt slightly pandering seeing the Mm. relationship from the beginning and then going in the way that's um all the way through but just them existing as themselves as broken up lesbians it just felt so much more (laughs) real and relatable and I was like okay yeah that, that, yeah. that hits harder and that was really good it's hard that way like the thought of having to work with your ex i'm sure is something everybody can identify with that dread that's really the only big thing that i super remember them being or super remember being cut it's been so long since i first saw the first cut um was there anything else that like aside from the diamond scene that like we like were less into that was my main one for sure um there weren't many honestly like this movie was pretty mm. damn good <laughs> like it's hard to yeah, pick it. I, really... I keep i keep thinking of just different things that i loved like i think that's i honestly i just had so many little moments that i really loved um like things as small as black canary giving harley a hair tie and like one of the final <laughs> battles like that was fantastic i loved that um or, her know, fuzzy like, or, when they're, or when they're searching her pocket flame pull out a tampon yeah, yeah. <laughs> i loved um, the um i just love the the black canary huntress interactions like we're just just a huntress just screaming and black canary just laughing at it <laughs> is the best dynamic like they're so good. I um, I love. I don't. I just really. I loved all the characters. Like I, I keep. It's for this movie. It's really hard for me to like find parts that I didn't. I don't know. Like, is it? Would I say this is like the greatest movie I've ever seen? Like, I, like no, you know, like, but, but I loved it. Like, I can't think of anything that I could sit there and like pick apart because like every part of the movie was just so enjoyable and like I loved it. <laughs> it was it was a really good time. Uh, I no, 
I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think something else I really liked too was I think this is the first time in a long time I've seen, especially a Batman property or like a you know like a Gotham related property, um, pretty much blatantly say like Gotham's police system is fucked and like bad and like not worth spending the time or energy on. Um, yeah. like not even in like the sense of like. Obviously, it's not saying, like, all cops are bastards, but I think it does do... <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be incredible. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I think, like, because I feel like, like, the thing with Batman, right, is it always shows that, like, symbiotic relationship or, like, even when the force is bad, like, Gordon is good. But, like, this movie is just like, nah, fuck these fools. Like... <laughs> Montoya has her own issues clearly like with the drinking and stuff but like she clearly knows what the fuck is up and is like way too competent to be dealing with this garbage um and I like that they just like yeet the police out of this <laughs> they really yeah do. <laughs> I agree with that um something that we didn't really bring up at all but it was also was great was uh the fight choreography yes yes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good so 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 good um God, like the scene in uh, when she's getting Cassandra out of the prison or the jail, mm-hmm. uh, it like the whole fight in the water, like oh, it was so good, it was so 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 good, and even like later oh. on too. And that's an issue I had actually. What? Uh, no, no, everything about that scene is great except for she's soaking wet, and then the next scene she's not. Oh. <laughs> She's completely dry again. Like two seconds about it. Don't that don't take me out of it, Caitlin. Me. <laughs> I, I only noticed it because I saw it. Tw- I saw it twice within like seventy two hours, and I, the second time I was watching it, I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I wonder if uh, anyone caught that. Interesting. <laughs> really funny. Shout out I didn't to Hunter stabbing that. that dude down the slide. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Oh, to every time Huntress is just stabbing a man with an arrow. If you want to see, Huntress. yeah, if you want to see more um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead stabbing people, we're making they will be wrapped a movie of it's her basically being like a John Wick character. <laughs> so that'll be coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Called Kate. <laughs> Kate. She's, yeah, it's not out yet. Um, they're in post, but it's pretty badass. Ooh, that sounds fantastic! I'm excited. Yeah. Hell yeah. What'd you guys think of um, the portrayal of Gotham in this one? It's a very different like, it. view of it, I feel like. I feel I like think- this is the first Gotham I've seen on like a, in a live action that felt like a real city. Mm-hmm. It felt it like New felt York. More... It did, yeah. It felt so much like New York. That's like the whole time I was like watching it, I was like, this is New York. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, to me, it felt more like an actual location and less like an ideal, because <laughs> I, I think that that's more what Gotham is kind of a stand in, uh, like in a lot of movies is like, it seems more like a concept than a place. Um, mm. It felt more alive in this movie. Was that the intent, Kyla? Or what, what was uh, the goal there? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if there was really an intent. I just. It's just hard to portray Gotham in the normal, moody, dark sense that, like, the Nolan or, like, any of her Joker or any of them really do. 
with Harley at the center. It's like her mm-hmm. world is bombastic and sparkly and pretty. And like you see that more, I feel like, in this. I mean, it's just so chaotic. Well, and I think that's like, that's why, that's what, at least for me, makes this a better like Gotham movie. Cause like the Batman comics are wacky as hell. And like, even when they're really grim, dark, and serious, they're still like, Batman at one point in the comics cuts off the head of the man who turned poison ivy into poison ivy, but now he's a weed monster. <laughs> That's a real plot beat. Amazing. So like that shit is inherent to the DNA, and instead of that, like they're like, no, we're gonna do all this grim dark fucking Batman titty shit, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's just well, yeah and, and like... maybe hopefully dc's <laughs> sorry no 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 go ahead go ahead oh okay i mean i was just gonna say i think dc is taking a step away from being so dark and dreary and trying to be a little lighter with their stuff <laughs> well yeah. i think it ties into the Oh, I say to what Ree was saying earlier, because Ree was talking about how like Harley Quinn is the narrator in this. And so I think that we kind of see in this movie, like Gotham through like rose colored glasses a little bit. And like, that's why you have this more like kind of a live city um, versus like, yeah, in a Batman movie, everything is like cooled down and like you're high above, you know, high up above the, the city. And like, it's it's the bird's eye view and everything's dark and it's night all the time because it's nighttime when he's working. Um, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, his job that he talks in he for. Wor- he works at night. <laughs> Drinks his coffee, just like the rest of us. <laughs> Puts his titty armor on one leg at a time, just like everybody <laughs> one peck at a time. <laughs> I think also um, Harley Quinn is less isolated character. Like she interacts with people all the time, much more so than someone like uh-huh. Batman. And mm-hmm. um, she she knows the Bodega guy. Like she recognizes people that she's met before. Like she's much more in the world than a lot of the other lead characters in DC films. Yeah. And I think, like, we kind of see a little bit of that in Suicide Squad, right? With, like, her, like, dream life. Like, she kind of wants, like, a normal-ish life. <laughs> like, she's drawn away from it constantly. But, like, she almost, like, you, you can kind of tell, like, she wants a routine. She wants somebody to eat cereal on a couch with, you know? Like, she wants a healthy relationship. She wants all of these things. She wants neighbors and and people who she can rely on. She's just a little bit fucked up and a little bit pulled away from that. Uh, and that's where all the, the madness happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the strength of this movie too, is it takes exactly what you're saying about Harley and then kind of shows how that applies to like the other characters, like the scene where she's drunk and talking to Canary about like the truth is like such a real scene of like someone who feels entirely alone in the world just being like, well, you seem like not a dick. So I'm going to tell you everything that's happening right now. Um, And like, I feel like Harley's people person personality, like really comes through and like is highlighted by her relationships with these other characters. It's, funny because like so (laughs) you always have people who like to like you know armchair diagnose characters and stuff like that in movies um and and the batman like universe that happens all the time and 
everybody, like one of the most common things. And I remember even when I was diagnosed with it um, and like I was doing research and stuff like that and like looking into it is everybody's like Harley Quinn has BPD. <laughs> like that's like, like people say that all the time. <laughs> and I watched that movie and I have BPD and I was like, huh? <laughs> like I yeah. like some of these things a little bit. Maybe that's just, maybe just that's making the thinking face emoji. It's like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I watched her and like there were, I don't know, just like the way that she talks to people. Like it was kind of comforting. It's weird because like I never I think that for the longest time, and this is why I kind of stayed away from like Harley Quinn comics and stuff like that, as I'm not about like Gwenpool, I'm not about Deadpool, I'm not like about like the cheesy, meme sort of like superheroes, right? And Harley Quinn always like teetered on that for me. Like there was just parts of her that were just kind of ridiculous. And so I kind of stayed away from that more. Um, but I saw this movie and I was just like, wow, like I really feel for this girl. I really relate to this girl. And just like the conversation when she like she has the margaritas for her friends and she overhears and talking about like she'll never be independent. Like she has to have somebody like that's been me before. <laughs> like I have felt that. And so like when that happened, I was just like. Like my heart broke a little bit because like, I've. Like I've been there. I have felt the exact same way, like that I will always be codependent and that I can't stand on my own two feet. And so like watching that movie was kind of almost therapeutic in like a strange way. I don't know. It was. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like on a mental level, there was some resonance there and it felt really good. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I think Harley is an incredible character when she's not being used as like the Joker's arm candy. Yeah. And like and she and she's a, b- a bad person, you know, like we talked about this earlier. It's not like I'm trying to say like, oh no, she's great. Everything she does is great. Um <laughs> but I also think that it's good to see especially female characters that aren't necessarily all bad or all good. It's good to see characters that aren't all bad or all good because people aren't all bad or all good um but especially like women though i feel like we tend to i feel like that was the very like like the little women like women (laughs) but uh, (laughs) uh, but especially women i just feel like uh it's either like they're a seduct like a seductress like bitchy villain or you have you know like the love interest or the mother you know like that's like that's the, the the spectrum um and so it's nice to kind of see like Someone who's kind of all over the place, like Harley, who has kind of this like domestic fantasy, but is also like a complete and total fucking nightmare mess (laughs) and who also is really strong in her own way. And like, like, there's just a lot of and also's about Harley. And I I really like it. Harley Quint good, actually. Harley Quint good, actually. Yes, that's that's the takeaway here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> oh, I, I think my one other thing about Harley, this is another thing where it almost got cheesy, but I liked it of where she keeps making like the psychiatrist like quick uh diagnoses and it's like kind of a joke, but she's also like clearly right. Um like when she calls Roman out for like wanting to be the center of the attention all the time. Um, and oh, yeah. like the scene with Cassandra, where she's like, "I know you're lying because you're not making contact with me." And like, yeah, like it was I, a li- I like that. It was like a. It was almost too much, but I still liked it. 
Oh, gosh, the the delivery of the line, I have a PhD motherfucker, though. So good. <laughs> also, okay, that's actually another thing. <laughs> Psychiatrists are medical doctors. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Just saying. She went to medical yeah. school. She doesn't have a PhD. She's a doctor. She has doctor. <laughs> Maybe she has both. You're right, Ree. Maybe you're right. Yeah, listen to Ree. We stand an educated queen. <laughs> Um, God, Harley Quinn, good. <laughs> Go see yeah, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn, good. Go see it. Although I'm assuming if somebody just listened to an entire spoiler cast, they've probably seen it. <laughs> Go see it again. See it again. Yeah. Actually, you know what's funny is I was I meant to see it again before recording this. I only saw it the one time, but and I, I wanted to be a little bit more like fresh going into this. But now we've talked about this, and I'm like, fuck, I should see it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I went twice. Caitlin, Caitlin went twice. Kylie's probably seen it a million times in different versions. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly a little confusing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I would imagine. Yeah, because you're like, man, what scenes did like like what order do they even go? <laughs> I know the order changed so much. Uh, <laughs> that would be like such a weird part of making a movie for me. I think is like deciding the order because you have to think about it in such like. I don't know. Like, yeah, you have to like see the big picture of everything, and you have to think like, okay, can I move this somewhere else? Where could this also possibly go? And like, like arrange this puzzle that like there are multiple ways to solve it. I don't know. That sounds like a tough job. To me, I you think know, that is crazy. Yeah, I say I think with Suicide Squad, that was like the thing to me is like that movie just seemed like it was like edited real funky. I don't know. Yeah. That movie is just bad. It's just—it's a bad movie. Well, in I every wonder, sense. I I wonder if like you just like messed around with some things, you could get something that made a little bit more sense and felt a little better. But I don't know. No, Bonk. literally, people <laughs> said BET like that. It ruined everything. That movie. As soon as they like, as soon as they announced the entire cast of that film, and then three months later, we're like, oh, Cara Delevingne's here. I was like, that movie too bad. You don't add someone three months later and just like have that be fine. Mm-hmm. I hate that the Joker was in that movie. Just in general, just just hated it. Yeah, everything about that Joker is bad. Mostly because he's Jared Leto, but you know. But anyway, um... <laughs> we don't got to get into that. No, uh, Birds of Prey, fantastic, funny, charming characters, um, great fight scenes great movie pretty movie right too pretty movie yeah yeah beautiful surprisingly funny <clears throat> surprisingly touching and gut wrenching it was really good are uh around slash funky 10 birds out of prey don't laugh at that that was not funny uh no i i have to laugh at it because it wasn't funny that's that's actually going to be the the title of this podcast birds of prey to birds out of prey support the show and hang out with us and um yeah i think that does this right you can join our discord server caitlin you're the one who announces when things do us oh um right okay i forgot because you can't make decisions yes oh yeah if you like this now wrapping up uh um, you can rate and review us, uh, preferably see, on iTunes, but, you know, but, um, wherever is good. Re- 
And if the people wanted to find you and consume an extra personality, where would they go? Throw some money our way. They would be best served going to Twitter and typing in at Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R I A N A Tweets Now. Do you, you know? Do however much yes. you want to do. Hell yeah. Um, speaking of Twitter which, follow. I do have to read our Patreon producer. <laughs> should do that. Who paid money for the privilege um, of me botching their names. Oh my god, Re, you're here. Every day I'm like, damn, look at Re's selfies. <laughs> Re, how do, how do uh, I... And how Kylie, do I where say can people find you? Name. Okay, um, they can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Okay, so hopefully, I think it's just the Kylie Chi. Thank God. And then, um, or Kylie Eats People. All right, no, my handle is the Kylie Chi. Are Abnormal Mapping, Adrian Arock Williams, Andrew Rivera, Brendan Clark, Carlos Mejia, Chris Nelson, Colton Crow, DJ Kento, Cam Koenig, Matthew Flowers, Mikey Phillips, New Mayor Alameen, Philip Villar, Quentin Hoffman, and Sean Martin. No, I cannot play anything. Thank you for If you want to hear me ask your partner how to say your name live on the air, donate $7 or more. I can plug some stuff that I'm doing soon. I'll be at PAX East, which may or may not be in the past by the time this goes live. All right. But if it is, then go ahead and catch What's Good Games' <laughs> podcast because I will be featured as a panelist right. on your live panel at East. Yay. Um, this will probably... When is Pax yeah, thanks for It's coming. next week, right? It's next week. I think it will probably be up. I can edit we it. We normally post it. them on like Patreon on Wednesday and Thursday for the main days. Yeah, fancy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Come see me. Hi. <laughs> uh, people can find me on twitter at desagogs d-e-s-s-a-c-o-g-s that's my home No. <laughs> <laughs> Numer Elamine.
It's worth it. And that does us for the night. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And a couple yeah, of thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for oh. having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This has been fantastic. We have two uh, big industry folks here today. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> but yeah, that, that does us for the night. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope everybody has a lovely night or rest of the day, wherever you are. And we'll see you in a couple weeks for another episode of Power on Our Out. <laughs>